0: and I want to welcome you to the Comedy Lounge. This is a space where we talk about the funny while doing this thing we call comedy. No routines, no stand-up, and no red light. We're just here to have some fun, and I want you to get to know your favorite comedians up close and personal. Now, I got my brother A-Train in the building. He's not just a comedian. We're very, very, very close. We do a quarterly show called A-Train Live down in Jacksonville. Shout out to Duval. We've been doing this thing for years together. We've gotten to know each other. We're extremely close. Sometimes we got to sleep at the same house. It is what it is. We're brothers. All right? So I want you guys to give it up for my brother, A-Train. Train, what's up, bro? What's going on, man? <laughs> got me in the comedy lounge. This is nice, man. This is nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So tell the people how we know each other, Train. Well, first of all, I want to back up and let them know that, you know,
1: when we do sleep in the same house, I'm in the bed and you're on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to put that out there. But, no, man, we, uh, we've we been rocking together, man, um, wow, for the last eight, almost nine years now. Um, DJ Oxygen been spinning for me uh at my show the a train live the experience um and we've been doing that man uh here in jacksonville florida and we've done some shows on the road together you know tours so we just been rocking out man you know how it is on this road you know you start out as business but then you know that road life becomes family you know what i mean so we just been rocking together ever since man so now here we got here we are up in the comedy lounge man this is nice bro thanks for having me man
0: Oh, yeah. I got to tell him one thing. We share a belt, people. So if you see A-Train and he don't have his belt on, just know it's at my house. I got, right. I got joint custody of a belt. Um, and uh, sometimes I needed to hold my pants up. But he has britches. I have pants. He got britches. So <laughs> he used the belt to hold his britches up when he, when he got Yeah. It.
1: Uh, and we used to share, we used to have, uh, we used to have some clippers, some t you know, not only did we share belts on the roads, like you know, like, oh, you need this belt, I can use my other belt, you know. And uh we used to have some clippers, but um uh we had them for a while, we were doing good, and um I ended up taking those clippers on the cruise ship with me because I gig on cruise ships as well. And um, I'm not gonna call which cruise ship I was on because I don't want no cases, because uh I plugged them clippers into one of them outlets in my room, (laughs) and it blew everything. (laughs) It blew everything. I'm talking about all the lights were out, the television went out, and even the toilet. The toilet wouldn't flush. You think the toilet is a plumbing thing, but they came down like, oh no, it's an electrical thing." And I was like, electrical? They was like, yeah, we got to call the electrician. They was like, do you have any outage? You said, do you have any power in your room? I said, no, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Man, when I stuck those clippers in that socket, and I turned that switch, and that thing went to, it was so loud and rattling so fast. Oh and then God. next thing you know, it just said, boom. So we used to have Clippers, but they out in
0: the middle of the ocean somewhere. i half my money. I'll pay half for them. I need my thirty-seven fifty back. Let the people know when you first found out that you were funny.
1: Oh man, I really just—it's really my personality, man. Ever since I was a kid, and uh, what's so funny is I'm the baby of seven, right? And. The brother that's next to me, he's, we're eight years apart. So my big brother, who's eight years older than me, I was about seven, yeah, about six, seven years old, man. Uh, I want to, yeah, about six years old. And my brother used to go out in the neighborhood, man. He was tell his friends, like, hey, y'all come in the house, look at my little brother, man. He funny. Like, watch my little brother, man. He funny, you know? And, and. All his friends would come to the house. You're talking about maybe about 20, 25 guys from the neighborhood, man. And, you know, uh, girls would be in there. You know, all his friends be in there. And and my brother would stand me up on the coffee table in the middle of the living room. And this is back in the day when we had that thick brown carpet in the living room, that shag carpet, you know, with that couch with them tan stripes in there like the Brady Bunch family, you know what I mean? That tan upholstery couch. Everybody had one of them with that, uh, this one we had, we didn't have stereos, we had Capona sets, had the Capona set in the living room. You yeah, yeah, with another TV sitting on top of that because, you know, the, the neither one of the TVs worked. But anyway, so I would be in the living room, man, and he'll stand me up on the coffee table and he'll tell me, all right, go. And I'll do my jokes, man, you know, and I uh, have might have everybody cracking up, laughing, man. And then, then I started doing what is known to be crowd work. You know, I start roasting people in the living room. <laughs> so, and he would give me a quarter when I finished, you know, and I go run into the candy house, man, get to the candy lady, give me some cookies, you know? And he would do this probably like, if I'm not mistaken, man, more than once in, in a week, man. Like, like, he would do this, you know? And it's so crazy because as a kid, you know, you always look up to your big brother. And my brother was so funny and everybody loved him. He's the real comedian in the family. So, you know, all the silly stuff that he used to say and do, I just followed him, you know? And uh and it just, you know, was my personality as well. I was always this happy go lucky person. But even then, I still didn't understand that this is a stand up, you know, uh characteristic or personality. Um I was just being myself, and then uh, years later, uh, about twenty, mm, about twenty-three, about twenty-three years ago, uh, when I met my wife, we were only dating for maybe about like you know two months, just hanging out, and she said to me one day, man, she said, "Have you ever thought about doing stand-up?" She's like, "You need to be doing stand-up." She's like, you funny. Like, you need to be doing stand-up. And I was like, nah, I ain't doing no stand-up. So I just kind of brushed it off, man, until maybe about 10 years after that. Um, you know, I started gravitating toward it. And what happened was my wife signed me up into a comedy competition without me knowing. And said, hey, it's this comedy competition and showcase uh, that they're having across town. And I signed you up and you going to do it. And I was like, what you, listen, I'm not doing that. You know, she's like, yes, you are. I say, I can't, you know, stand up. You gotta have, you gotta have jokes for stand up. And she was, I, I don't have no, like no material, no jokes. She said these words, man. She said, have you met your family? She said, "Oh, you got material. <laughs> she said, you got material. She's like the same stuff that you tell people when they come over to the house for the barbecue or a Sunday dinner and you have them laughing. She said, we're gonna take those same stories, your same upbringing and all them family stories that you share. they're so hilarious. She said, we're gonna turn them into bits. And sure enough, man, we sat down and formulated that stuff. And I participated in this comedy showcase, not wanting to do it. I'm only doing it to shut her up so she can leave me alone. And the whole time I'm on stage, I'm on stage competing with other comedians, like bonafide comedians in the city. I'm just walking in off the street. Some of these cats went to comedy school. I didn't even know you can go to comedy. I didn't even know they had a class for, for a school for comedy. I didn't even know anything about that. You know, They went to a comedy school at the local comedy club, man. And um, so I'm on stage, and I'm doing my material. I'm doing my jokes. And I'm saying in my head the whole time, man, this is so stupid. Why are they laughing? This is I, I was like, I'll never let her talk me into doing anything like this ever again. And sure enough, man, I got to the end of my set. People were standing up, clapping. I didn't even know what that meant. I just thought they was happy it was over. And I was putting the microphone down. <laughs> and I was just trying to get off that stage because I did not want to do this. So they listen. did the voting. They had the panel. Uh, a panel of judges who was throwing this comedy show in two weeks in town. There was a judges on the panel and then they had an audience participation and they voted, the crowd voted and I won. But even then I was like, what? Like, man, okay, like what, you know? So the prize for winning was you get a chance to open up at this comedy show that was going to be in town at the uh, big theater downtown in Jacksonville and it was a sold out show. So you had to open up, you know what I'm saying? Do the first seven, 10 minutes of that show. And man, I got it. Even then I'm still not with none of this, man. I got to that comedy show. I went out there, dig those jokes, man. And at the end of my set, that theater was on their feet, clapping. And I was standing there watching it, man. I was like, oh, I like this. You know what I mean? So then I was like, oh, I'm sorry. This is what I want to do right here. And and from then on, my hand to God, the requests, phone calls, and bookings never stopped from that show. And a year and a half later, uh, I was on the road with DL doing some dates. Wow. Wow. Yeah.
0: So that's you- how that's how it happened, man. I met you somewhere in between. And let me ask you this. What was the worst job you had prior to comedy? What was your absolute worst? I know what it is, but I want you to tell the people. What was your worst? The worst job? What was your worst job? Man, I say all of them.
1: (laughs) All of them. Because what I'm doing, what I really want to be doing is what I'm doing now. But no. uh, Oh.
0: Oh. Oh. I'm thinking about the story of when you was the delivery the delivery
1: person i had so many jobs
0: man that when, when you would uh you would g work what what, what job oh
1: man we used so yeah i had a gig man i was working for airborne express man airborne express. i could not remember. airborne express which is like the fedex of, of the amazon of, of today's time you know airborne express that's what we did Back in the uh, uh, in the uh, mid to late nineties, you know what I'm saying? And uh, oh man, oh man, you had to be you. Had, first of all, you had to be at the warehouse before that belt started running at five thirty. I believe it is five thirty in the morning. So you got to and, and listen, you got your truck is backed up at the belt, and you got to stand at your truck. And you got to catch your boxes that's designated for your zip code and your your area. And you load your own truck. Then you got to go and deliver them packages. You know what I'm saying? And if you're not careful, if you're not good, you could be delivering packages from 6 o'clock that morning until it's time to pick packages up around 6 that evening. And, man... You know, it took me a while to get my route down. Shout out to my dude, Gene.com. Gene helped me out to get my route down so I could be done by noon. We could go home, watch Jerry Springer, you know what I'm saying? Hang out, you know, for a couple of hours and don't go back to work around by 430 for time for uh, pickups. Well, this was the hustle and bustle, man. And I had the downtown right. So I'm working in all these high-rise office buildings, man, running up and down these stairs and, you know, so this particular day man the truck had a flat tire man so you know i called dispatch i let them know hey <laughs> uh your truck tire is flat <laughs> and they radio back to me mind, mind. you when you <laughs> mind you when you on the, when you on the radio everybody in the entire company all trucks everybody hear everything mm-hmm. so dispatch is telling me you know what's your location where you at you know so i told them where i was and i was so i'm letting them know where the truck is because you need to come and change this tire because out of all i knew i didn't see nowhere on the application where it was i was responsible for changing tires as well (laughs) brother they told me yeah uh it should be a spare tire in the back and a jack (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I said oh no brother I, I told him these words over the air I said hey this truck 4 99 listen you don't pay me enough to change no tires and man everybody in the whole squad the whole company the different drivers man they were cracking up laughing and the dispatch person telling me what I better do and how I better get that tire change and get back on that road Listen, I told him I said well uh just to let you know your truck is sitting. <laughs> <laughs> I say your truck is sitting on the side of the road at such and such street, blah, blah, blah. If you want the truck and want your your package in there, I advise you to come change your top. But I'm not changing no top. You don't pay me enough to change no top. So long story short, man. I don't know. I ain't seen that truck since. so so everybody everybody man to this day and what's, what's funny is what's funny is some tire company on the west side of town in Jacksonville some tire company warehouse caught a fire Mm-hmm. and so the whole joke that was running through the company, train got upset that they tried to make him change the tie, that he went and burnt all the tires in. <laughs> I, said, I said, man, I ain't had nothing to do with that fire, man. I just knew I wasn't going to change that tire on that truck.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, that had to be one of my worst jobs,
1: man. Yeah.
0: Well, listen, growing up in Duval, what comedian inspired you the most as a child like who were you sneaking and listening to
1: oh man that's real good man ah uh, i got a few big old uh dj i i got a few man um because it depends on what era we're talking about because the, so the greatest people, of
0: all time the people need to know that you call me big o that's he the name me big o people I don't even know. I get off the plane in Jacksonville to park, and lady like, Big O, they they, circling the block. They gonna come back, Big O. I don't even, I'm like, who the the hell is my bad? You
1: see, I'm trying to keep it business, but the family side slipped out. Yeah, I call DJ Oxygen Big O. I'm trying to stick to Brandon. That's what I'm doing. We're Brandon, this is DJ Oxygen, The Comedy Lounge, and I don't want my manager and your manager to have a conversation with me about referring to you as anything other. Than DJ Oxygen on this public platform, so yeah, I had to really back in.
0: I'm trying not to, to call you your nickname. I'm trying. Yeah, hard. I'm, yeah I'm, no I'm nicknames. A I got in trouble for that before. I I think I said it on Facebook, and I I got a little message. Hey, listen. and never again. <laughs> hey, never no. again. You learned that lesson real good, real quick. But what's your but line no line?
1: man for as uh for his people, other comedians that I look up to, um. They're like, I'm gonna take you all the way back because I'm a real fan and a student of this game, man. And uh, and I, I have so much respect for those who come before me. Um, but I always tell people that my goat, my greatest of all time, is Dick Gregory. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Oh, Dick yeah. Gregory, you know, Dick Gregory broke. Into what we call the mainstream Absolutely. before Cosby did, and Dick Gregory was doing the political jokes that everybody loved. You know, uh, he was he was in the, in the lane of that political political humor that everybody you know is uh, such a fan of today. You know how we celebrate Chris Rock about doing that, how we celebrate uh, Dave Chappelle for operating in that lane, you know, um, um, you know, uh, uh, others like Dia, Hughley in that same lane, you know, but Dick Gregory was the first to do it, you know, and I view stand up comedy how I view iPhones, you know, people like to have this dispute between iPhones and Androids. They say the Android is better than the iPhone, not when I not when the Android is duplicating the very layout that iPhone had first. So in comedy, stand up, how could you be the greatest of all time when the very art form that you're doing and the craft that you're operating in they coined the phrase stand up comedy after watching Dick Gregory's performance, you know, uh, on, on, on the uh, the, the uh, Sullivan uh, Show. And there was the first time that a, uh, a black artist was televised and it got on national TV and wasn't shucking, wasn't jiving, dancing or anything like that. But he stood still, flat-footed, and he told jokes so much so that they didn't even know what to call it. So they was like, he just stood still and you told you he told you did comedy. So they coined the phrase after his performance. They coined it, stand-up comedy. And my thing is, out of all the great comics who have come, you know, uh, after him and over the years and being great at that craft and how we throw that word goat around so loosely. And I was like, how could anybody in today's time be the greatest of all time when they're doing the very thing that somebody else was doing back in the 50s and created, you know, uh, a lot of avenues that some of us are just basking in today. So Dick Gregory, man is my greatest of all time. Um, I've always been a student and a fan of him. Um, Robin Williams, Robin Williams, my brother turned me on to him as a little kid. So I've always been a fan of Robin Williams, man, since the eighties, you know, the early eighties. And, um, uh, I love Steve Martin, you know what I'm saying? You know? Uh, and then of course, um, you know, I respect the uh, the comedy that Bill Cosby displayed, especially with me being a clean comedian. Bill Cosby, Sinbad, you know, like those guys. Those guys are my my idols. You know, um, uh, and then of course you got Richard Pryor and, and 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 Eddie Murphy. You know, all of the normal greats that we like to add, I like to throw out there. But I also have to um, give uh, respect and salute to Dia Hughley because that's somebody that I really listen to. I really study, just like you, uh, you know, you asked and, you know, being on the road with him on some dates, you know, you just get a chance to just soak all that wisdom and that knowledge in. And anytime he's on stage, I'm, I'm not in the green room, eating grapes and cheese. Now I'm out in the showroom or standing backstage behind the curtain or off to the stage, you know, to the left. And I'm leaning on the wall, and I'm watching,
0: I'm watching blood. what he
1: do. It's like I I know his set almost better than I know mine, word from word, you know. Because I I <laughs> I be like, oh, he didn't say this word, you know. Oh, he, you know, and 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 because you know, I um, I'm just appreciative at the opportunity that he afforded me, only being a year in the game at the time, you know. And allowed me to, you know, uh, shadow him and then offer me some dates here and there, you know. So I just figured it's my obligation and my duty to show that, you know, um, I respect what's going on enough to uh, to take notes, you know. So, yeah, man, from from Dick Gregory to Dia Hughley, man, those are the people that I listen to and study and watch.
0: Right. So. First of all, shout out to Mark Gregory. Um, I'm, we're gonna have him on the show, um, definitely later on. But Dick Gregory is definitely influential, um, in our in all of our lives. He became family. I definitely became his nephew when he took me out to dinner, and that was the longest dinner. I think we was there twelve hours. I'm not sure if I'm lying or not, but we man He talked to me for about twelve hours. I was, you know, and at the time I didn't see the beauty. And everything that he was saying, and all, and all the knowledge, you know, we had him on a radio show, and he said, "No, I'm gonna take you to dinner." Like, who says that? Who goes? Who goes wow. to the radio show, and then say, "No, I'm gonna take you to dinner." And you know, we parked down, and we went to the Hamilton in DC, and we just walked, just like walking the streets of DC with Dick Gregory. You know what I'm Man. saying? He pointing stuff out, and he talking, and you know, they sat us in a private room, and they said, "Well, the Obamas was here." couple days ago we sat them here and so we're gonna sit you guys in this private room and you know we had a, a great conversation and you know he's passed on but we, we love him. We still love him. We're not just fans we're not just somebody who who are online. Right. We're you know we're we're people that that got a chance to have intimate time with, with Dick Gregory. And that says a lot for the comedy lounge. It says a lot in the comedy world and you know to be honest man you know we 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 miss him. We miss them for for sure. Now listen, I got I got a question for you. And hit me. You're gonna know you gonna know what if somebody asks me this about you, you're gonna know what my answer is. But I gotta, but I, gotta I gotta I gotta get your answer. What okay. joke what joke do you know? Like you know when you tell this joke the people just gonna fall out on the like you know. And you can use me now. If I'm DJing, what joke do you tell when you know when you turn around at the turntables? I'm not there. <laughs> you? Just thought, what, what joke do you tell?
1: Well, I know. I know the joke you're referring to. DJ Oxygen loves the joke about my sister trying to commit. <laughs> well, I don't know if he should talk. <laughs> I, have a, I have a joke about my sister not being so bright, you know, and, uh, (laughs) and DJ oxygen loves that joke. And if I do a show and I didn't get a chance to, you know, to throw that bit out, he's asking me, man, why you ain't doing a joke, man? (laughs) So, um, so, so we, I have that one. And then there's a joke about, you know, my upbringing and, um, uh my childhood that that has like it's it slays you know across really the world uh you know uh just last year in 12 months man i was in uh 22 countries you know what i mean uh in 12 months so uh i've tested this material out on a multitude of audiences you know and there's there's this joke uh you know about me growing up in the hood, you know, that, uh, that oh, has been pretty.
0: Just pretty. Up in the hood. Tell them, tell them what you call your hood. Cause I lived in an apartment and some <laughs> people lived in the projects. What did you live at? The That's <laughs> The That's
1: right. I didn't mispronounce it. We drop the A and go straight to the P Apartments. That's a, that's listen, the potments. That's where I'm from. Yeah departments. And I'm talking about, it was the real deal. It was rough. You know, I know everybody, every city has a hood and, you know, but like where I'm from in Jacksonville, you know, Duval County, you know, uh, born and raised on Moncrief, Moncrief in Jacksonville, Florida is like, uh, Crenshaw is to LA, you know? And, um, <laughs> I grew up in the apartments, man. Listen, we used to walk to the community pool. But we rode a bicycle back home. You know what I mean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I went to the park. Miss. I didn't get out the car in the park, park but I, I rode through the apartments. Yeah,
1: yeah, park. yeah. I, I took DJ Oxygen through 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 the apartments somewhere. Uh, Showing what raised me, showing what groomed me. Yeah, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So listen, if you could tell your younger self anything, what would it be? Start now. Mm-hmm.
1: Start now. That's what I would tell my younger self. Because man, I'm grateful for my journey now, but uh it was a while that I had this uh this silent regret. You know, in the back of my mind, wishing that I had started comedy earlier than I did. You know, Um, I really marvel at how, you know, how young Dave Chappelle was when he started. You know what I mean? And uh, I just wish I had embraced it a lot sooner than than what I uh, than when I did. You know, so if I was to tell anybody anything, uh, I say start. You know, people often come to me after shows, like, yeah, hey, man, I'm thinking about getting into comedy, man. You know, and I heard my mentor share this with other people, and I picked up the same philosophy. And he'll stop them right in their tracks. And be like, no, ain't no thinking about doing it. Do it. Do it. Right. You know, don't think about it, do it. You know. So um, that's what I would share with anybody uh that's out there. Starting now.
0: Right. So listen, what will what would our listeners like to know about you that people probably don't know what's something mm. we know? uh
1: what they probably like to know about me that um i'm an extreme extrovert i'm an extreme extrovert uh the more people you put me in front of the more i come alive this oh. is why i rock so well in arenas you know uh on in large theaters, you know, on cruise ships, you know, on land, like you know, festivals.
0: Don't lie to the people, because I'd have been in the car with you, riding to my house in DC. You'd have made a lady roll her window down. She rolled her window down. You, you put your hand out. Hey, roll, she rolled her window down. You say, you can't park that car, and then you just keep driving. Like why would you? <laughs> why do you do that to me? <laughs> but which which says I
1: gravitate to people, man. I really do. And when I'm home, you know, it's like um, it's like a I don't know. It's like you unplug something, and I just go. I shut down. You know, you get me in a room by myself, and I just you know, I, I, it's like I just I turn off. You know, but then you put me around people, and I don't know. It's I come alive. So. Yeah, that's probably something that people really don't know. Uh, They probably think I'm who they see on stage. They think I'm like that 24-7,
0: but I'm not.
1: Only when I'm around people.
0: So this is the last part of the show. We call this Flashback. Now, I wanted to save this for last because I wanted to get to know, well, I I wanted to know from you. I know I got a million stories in my head, but I want to know from you. What's the funniest thing you've seen backstage and I know one story we probably can't share but what is the funniest thing you've seen backstage?
1: Oh my god so much because you know I oh my god now I'm trying to filter through my brain about what I can actually share on this public platform because <laughs> out of all the tours, you know uh, concerts, you know festivals, uh you know uh comedy shows so i'm I'm in a lot of brackets man I'm in a lot of brackets a lot of time like extremely often so
0: um <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out which one of these I can share <laughs> yeah, I had to light a cigar on this one because this about to get us <laughs> no um oh
1: man So I remember one time we were doing this. I was on tour, and I was doing some dates, you know. uh, And uh, (laughs) you know, backstage is always busy, you know. Lit, you know. You got people uh, with their entourage. You got people with their family, their friends. Then you got the people trying to get back there. You got the you know the groupies. You got the It's just a lot of hoopla fanfare. So this chick, she was in the category of, you know, those of us in the room, don't nobody know who she is. She wanted them. How you got in here? Who you with? (laughs) Where's your people? Well, she got back there, man, and she was so excited. I ain't talking about back in the back. She got backstage, backstage and backstage. Now she's in... The, uh, the the uh, the the corporate green room area where like where the food be so so me and some of the other comedians that was on the show we're in there and this is after the show so everything is wrapping up you know how they always have like uh hey we got food to go do you want me to you know box something up for you what about you you want this so this person of hospitality They had our stuff. So this chick, (laughs) this chick walked up and she grabbed one of the boxes that the comedian was holding and she opened the box and she took his sandwich out of there and bit it. (laughs) Was she high? (laughs) It would have helped. It would have helped if she had been high intoxicated or something but i don't think she was any of that she was just she's just bold and you know what i'm saying so this dude <laughs> it was you know how uh you know how they say in the black community uh what's what, what's my guy name the comedian roy roy wood jr say uh when 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 a black person tell you that you got the that you got the right one today Actually, you have. (laughs) Actually, you do not have the right one. (laughs) Listen, she bit the sandwich of the right one backstage. And man, when I tell you this fool turned that whole green room. (laughs) Because he didn't know her. Nobody knew her. And it just made it worse. So. Uh, that's by, That's one of the craziest things that I probably could say on this public platform. But yeah, man. One. She had the right one. when all actuality, it was not the right one at all.
0: So listen, brother. First thing, I want to thank you for hanging with me on the Comedy Round. And I want you, you know, we're brothers. I love you. We're going to keep going out there until the wheels fall off. But Appreciate I you, man. Where they can see you coming up next. Where are you going to be?
1: Where you going to be at next? Actually, um, I'll be in uh, Fleming Island, Florida uh, March 10th, and then March 18th, I'll be in Houston, Texas. Uh, so, if anybody out there in Houston and the surrounding areas want to come and rock out with me, uh, definitely come on out, and if you're in the uh, Fleming Island or Jacksonville, Florida area, come on out and rock with me on the 10th of March. And uh, you can go to um, ComedianATrain.com or go to uh, my Instagram at ComedianATrain. My Instagram is ComedianATrain. Click the link that's in my bio and you'll see tickets for those shows.
0: All right. So I want to thank my listeners. I want to thank my partners, Brownstone Media Group. I want to send, send a special thanks out to Invictus 2, cigar Lounge. That's where we're recording that, y'all. I want to thank my brother, Jermaine, for letting us come here and, and, and do my show and record here. Um, you can catch my podcast on uh, Apple or on Spotify. All right? So we want to thank you guys for listening. A-Train, my brother, I love you. i see you soon. For all my listeners, peace. Have a good one.